0: Today is the day to wake, work and win. Welcome to the standard.
1: You know, if you if you go back into when the fire service really started to become uh, a full-time position from like a a more normalized volunteer spot, they're all coming out of, you know, world war II in Vietnam. There was this very command, like, Hey, you're going to do this. And they're of course. Yeah, no problem. But now you have this other generation of why are we doing that? Show me like I need buy-in on you. Whereas when you get someone out of the military well, they're gonna follow orders because that's what they're trained to do. We've lost a lot of that, and I I'm not saying it's any better or any worse, but for what's what's worked for me is, hey, I'm gonna go show you how to do this, and then we're gonna have some fun, right? We're gonna to get the to stopwatch out. We're gonna see who can do it faster than me, and you know, like that morale. If you crush your officer in something, and it's a and it's a fun, good atmosphere. Yeah, there's nothing better.
0: Yeah, the competition's a great thing. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. As long as, you know, it's not <laughs> harassing well, I, in a way. You, but, you know, I think people that understand that and understand the responsibility that comes with that, uh, you can do it in a way that's it's a blast. I We used to do veterinary search races and it was a blast to see who could be the quickest in.
1: And it's fun and you should have some of that dark humor of, you know, razzing people. And but you can't raz someone if you haven't done it yourself right? Like, it's okay to have, like, kind of a jocular atmosphere. Like, I think that's healthy. Yeah. But everyone has to be doing it. Because yeah. if not, then it's kind of a prick.
0: Yeah, you can't just have the peanut uh, gallery that stands in the background, you know, and, and just cackles jokes the whole time and doesn't even put their gear on.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a culture that I am seeing less and less of, which is nice.
0: Yeah, I think that the connections that are happening right now that kid that that that's 22 years old got hired and and isn't maybe getting what they need goes oh wait i'm not crazy there's people out there that are like me i just need to stay the course and we'll figure this out at some point
1: so uh, that's it's true but there's also another side of this where yeah you can go out and find great content like there's no shortage of that but there's also no shortage of people who are doing drills in jean jackets and gardening gloves and you're like dude if you don't show me how to do this in your gear i'm i'm out like i get it you say that you can push a two and a half by yourself flowing and moving on slick concrete and no bunker gear like i want to see it dude like you got to show me yeah and i think that the people who are trying to find those those like true operators in this business If you see someone who is not doing it in the gear that it should be expected, change the channel. Find somebody else because they're giving you a false sense of um, the ability to do that. And if you are making these videos or you're doing these podcasts and you're not showing that you can truly do this in every sense, right? So like, hey, I can – let's say I can – uh, there's some incredible mask-up videos out there, like sub-eight seconds. Yeah. All right, do a hot lap around house, get your heart rate up, and then I want to see it. Or get your gloves soaking wet because you were just stretching an exterior line, and now do it. Like, that's what I want to see. Because to me, those times aren't going to be as fast, but I'm going to be way more impressed if, you know, you're you're banging a 35 by yourself – but you've brought it from the rig to wherever you're deploying it. The game is completely different that way. So you need to vet the content you're looking at or listening to. I, I think it's really easy to get talking heads on these podcasts and Yeah. Be like, oh, this this is what I would do. And, you know, all these weak motherfuckers out here, like <laughs> come on, man. Let's yeah. see it. Yeah. You're ninety pounds overweight. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just I don't know. There I, I think that was a uh Kind of a realization when we got into the podcasting thing was it's really easy to talk, right? And this has come from someone who talks for hours every week. But, like, let's see it. Show me what you got. And, like, that's the beauty of our Master of the Basics class is, like, me and Tom are out there. We're doing everything with everybody the entire two days. And the instructors that we bring out there, ah, uh, dude, these guys are lights out. Anyone who's instructed with us, uh, the best firemen I know, like hands down, um, it's, it's impressive the amount of incredible firefighters we have at our department. It's really impressive. That's awesome. Sorry, I needed to, you know, I had to get that out no. there because I just, it, it's, uh, it's not just two or three people. It's like you could fill an entire shift at our department with like hitters, which is awesome.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's awesome, and, and and you're totally right too about making sure that you know you you pay attention to the people because as much as yes it, it's positive that you can connect, there's also a wall that people can put up sometimes too. So, it,
1: it's oh yeah, man, yeah. you get a real nice mustache, okay, you get a gorgeous leather helmet, yeah. and you start talking about you know making stretches and stuff like that. Like people are gonna listen to you. You know, I've seen it where, you know, like these, some of these Instagram accounts have hundreds of thousands of followers and I haven't seen anything like, yeah. show me, show me what you got. Yeah. Like, don't shit on other people. Like, let me see what you got. And I think that, uh, you know, like that's what our class does. Like, I think we, we do a pretty good job of showing what's, what's possible, with just the right mindset like that's it come with what you have and and you will leave a a much better firefighter than than when you came And and i'm not saying we have this whole thing together like i'm not saying we're god's gift to the fire service that's i mean not by any means any stretch of the imagination but i think that we at least show you like the path that you should start walking because there's no one out there who's you know 100 percent doing it right but, uh, you know, there are better ways to go than others, I think. Sure. I, I equate it. And I I mean, I mean, I've
0: been taking your class. It sounds awesome. But I think there are great classes out there that do put you in those positions. And I, I had another I went to Ren Under Fire this year and I couldn't talk any higher about oh, that class. Just unreal. Phenomenal.
1: And, phenomenal class.
0: Right. Like to get hit over the head with that class and find a new gear and. Find out mentally how much farther you can go like those those classes need to exist. I don't know. Like sometimes I think like it would be better if those were more upfront, like in a fire academy. But then I know you can't really do that because people aren't as skilled to be able to put in those positions yet. So I I don't know how to
1: make the point of the fire academy. The point of the fire academy is firefighter 101. Our job is to make sure that when you get on that rig your first shift, you're ready to go. And and we've gotten a bunch of crap because we use Echo Bikes at our training facility. And, you know, like, oh, what are you guys trying to do? Like, you guys aren't, you know, X, Y, Z. We are trying to show them what that next level is. But your expectations are firefighter one on one. We want to show you that next level. We want to show you that you if you want to keep going, this is what you got to do but you're getting graded on firefighter one-on-one. And so I think having that balance is important.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, but I, guess I don't think showing them's great, uh, right?
1: Yeah, like you say, I think so.
0: Exposure to it early.
1: Totally. And like we bring our online crews and we'll, we'll get the stopwatch out. We'll run through an evolution, right? Very basic fire skills. And we'll have our online crew do it and we'll time them. And then we'll have our probies do it and time them. And it's it's right there on the board. These guys did this in half the time. So, like, you're not rated on their time. We just want to show you that, like, this is the expectation after a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, and you get the right person. They see that and they go, I'm going to fucking – I'm going to be that fast. So You know what I mean? You, I'm going to be faster. I'm going to be faster. I'm going to take that challenge, right? And hopefully that helps kind of – put those people out there. So now you as an instructor can see that. And then you as, you know, a department head or somebody can can help put those people on the right track. I, I mean, I, I think that's a, a great newer, maybe not a trends, not the right word. Cause I don't think everyone's necessarily doing that, but that's a more, um, modern, the word modern gets thrown around with everything, but approach to like new people and and onboarding them in that way. Uh, Pac- Paco's in in our chat here, and he said, "Ask Craig. Hitters or finishers? <laughs> we're not going to do that one. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, <laughs> I get it, but no.
1: Put it down, Paco. Put the put the keyboard down. You heard him, Paco. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, segueing out of that and then into another thing, uh, we're talking about mental fitness, right? So, um, obviously the fire service this is a huge hot topic and, and in a great way because I think we're recognizing and we're doing a lot more than we used to but uh, if you could touch on mental wellness and mental fitness and almost kind of like how do you train yourself to be more mentally
1: fit for the job this is a deep one buddy um, I know uh, well first of all Paco ta- ta- taught me about that firefighter 101 on one thing so he's 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 one of uh, and he's coming out to our next academy. Um, and he's a, uh, yeah, one of the best humans I know. So I like that you use the term mental fitness. Um, that is kind of the new in vogue modern term that's being thrown around. And I actually like it a lot better than mental health. I think that mental fitness conveys that this is a lifelong journey and you always need to be working on it as opposed to mental health where you're like, oh, I'm good now. I can sit back until I get sick. And so I think think that's probably the the right way to go about it. (sighs) So I kind of see this as two different things, and that's just because of my recent experience. I think that mental fitness, when it comes to the mental toughness aspect, is a lot easier than the depression, anxiety, PTSD route. I think that's something that I, at least for me personally, like I feel like I work on that more. And that's really easy or should say it's really simple, right? Like find your boundary, continue to push it, whatever, and whatever it is, right? Like that's, that's all you need to do. Find whatever sucks, do that thing until it doesn't suck anymore and then find the next thing that sucks and then do that until it doesn't and rinse and repeat. When it comes to the other side of the coin, this is where I think we don't do a very good job in the fire service. And I think we're, i think we're trying i think we're trying to to get departments to have employee assistance programs and to have you know access to mental health uh services but i think we're missing the mark honestly i think that it's all good intentions but when i um so i i had my first kind of difficulties with depression and ptsd after a uh there was a shooting at a Planned Parenthood in 2014, I believe. And I was one of the SWAT medics. And it was just a, it was it's just horrific. It's as easy as, as I could say it. And so my officer at the time was like, hey, you're going to go to a therapy appointment. Like, you don't have a choice. You're going today. Like right now. I'm like, okay. And when I get to the therapy appointment, uh, they suggest that I start using coloring books. Because that would help me like through some anxiety. And I was like, hold on a minute. I came here expecting to get better and this is what I left with. And I think a lot's changed since then. So when you're trying to find a therapist, you want something that's called a uh, cultural competence. And it's basically like they kind of have an idea of what you do. You know, I've I've have some people in my circle that have gone to a therapist and made the therapist cry based on what they've <laughs> they've experienced, which obviously is not the route that we wanna go. And so finding that right person is, is really important. It takes a long time, okay? It's not like Tinder, where you can just swipe to find the right person. This is a, you're not looking for a one night stand, you're looking for like a long term relationship. And you know, therapy is a very like top down approach. So the way I like to think about it is like, you have a high rise fire, okay? And if you're going to therapy, you're getting dropped off on the roof and you're working your way down and trying to fight it that way. And it helps therapy. I mean, I've been going to therapy for a long time and it, what it does is it gives you a vocabulary of what's happening. So, Hey, you can't go into crowded spaces because of this in your brain. Okay. Or the reason that you're having a hard time sleeping is because of this, but it, at least for me, like doesn't necessarily fix the problem. So. I went through the worst depression I've ever had probably like seven months ago now and, uh, came out of the blue, man. Like (laughs) I was on like this, no, nothing cardiac arrest. And I shouldn't say no, nothing, no cardiac. I mean, it's terrible for a person, but for us, it's a relatively routine thing. And I got home the next morning and I was like, dude, I'm not okay. I'm down. And it snowballed into a completely debilitating, uh, experience that culminated. I'm, I'm, I'm speeding this up. Uh, but I give like a, like an hour and a half class on this, but you know, uh, I was taking my kids to, uh, to the zoo, right. You know, like it's one of those days where you're like, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do with these kids, but like, we got to find something. We, uh, we eat lunch every time we go like at the elephants. Okay. So me and my kids, we're at the elephants, we're eating lunch. And I'm just numb. You know that feeling when you've been up for a full 24-hour shift and the next day just like colors are dull, food's dull. Like you're just, okay. That's the way I was for about a month every day no matter how much sleep I got. So I'm holding my daughter's hand and we're walking from the elephants to the hippo and I feel nothing. I don't feel joy. I don't feel sadness, I don't feel anything, I'm just numb. And so I get home and I'm sitting in my truck and uh, I can't move, I can't physically move. And my wife comes out and she's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I need a minute. She's okay. She comes out like 10 minutes later and she's like, you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. She's like, you want me to call 911? I'm like, I will rather die in this truck. You call nine one one. So uh, I called uh, Rhonda Kelly, who runs a uh, an incredible organization out here, and she's like the the guru of mental health. Um, company called Responder Strong. She's incredible, and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, I don't know what to do, and she told me to call this gentleman at a place called Mind Spa here in Denver, and he picks up the phone. And I'm like, hey, man, I know you don't know me, but like this is what's up. And he's like, don't worry about it. I've been there. You need to move. Like you need to physically move your body. And he's like, when you're done, call me back. I'm like, okay. Long story short, uh, it took me, you know, probably like 30 minutes to get out of my truck upstairs. My wife had to help me get dressed like I was in bad shape. So I go and I I go for this long walk, which ended up turning into a run. And I come back and I call this guy back and I'm like, hey, um, because the clinic, the mind spa uh, does ketamine treatments. And so I'm like, hey, I need to come in. And he's like, we can't we can get you in in a month. And I'm like, "I, I won't last a month. I was at that point where I was having SI and all this other sorts of stuff. And. I think what's hit me so hard is like, I'm supposed to be the guy, right? I have a podcast called the standard and I can't even get dressed by myself. Like I, I say that I'm this like awesome firefighter and like I can do all this stuff and then people read my book and like, I felt like a total fraud cause I couldn't get my shit together. So I was like, I'm not going to make it a month. And so he's like, we can get you in in nine days. I said, all right, I can make nine days. I can make that happen. So over that nine days, I tried to figure out, like, what just happened to me? Like, wh- like why did this come out of absolutely nowhere and debilitate me like that? And so I am not a doctor. I, I am a paramedic. This is, like, my basic understanding of this whole thing. So as a self-preservation tactic, our brains will increase – the connectivity of our like safety pathways. So when we start to feel threatened, our brain basically says, okay, let's shut that pathway down and let's, let's reinforce this one that tells this guy he's okay. Right. We're going to give him all the chemicals he needs to like run his body. Well, those can basically put you in a state where, so you have your, your sympathetic and parasympathetic, right? And then there's another, and, and this is all the stuff that I've learned. I, I'm, this is none of my opinion. <laughs> this is just what I've been told by doctors. There's another side of this with your central nervous system called dorsal. And what dorsal does is like if you can imagine if you're about to get into a street fight and your body says, hey, we're going to shut down your digestion because we don't need that. And we're going to shut down reproduction because we don't need that. Well, that system goes haywire and shuts your whole body down. Which is what causes a panic attack. So when I was sitting in the truck and couldn't move, my brain was basically like, "Shut it all down," <laughs> like we've we've hit we've hit maximum capacity. So what ketamine does, it, it, if used in the right way, right? If you're this is it's the same drug, but um, there's like this Goldilocks zone of dosages and how you use it, and what you do in between these. So don't just think that if you're going through depression and you get some street ketamine like this is completely completely different so uh, what ketamine does is it basically tells your brain to start making the chemicals you need to open up those other pathways that you can't use anymore so when life starts to feel dull it's because your pathways in your brain can no longer operate to allow you to feel those emotions. So what ketamine does is opens those pathways back up because it um, basically tells the brain to or body to create the chemicals needed for electrical connection. That's the very short version of that. So I go in to the clinic and I talk to the doctor for about an hour and a half before my session. And when you're in a session, you have a nurse there. It's six sessions, two days apart. And they gradually increase the dose of ketamine and the session lasts for like 45 minutes a piece. And so during that time, the nurse is like constantly checking your vitals and making sure that, that everything's kosher. This is just what happened to me. But that one session changed my life. Like I came out of there and I was like ready to go back to work just like that 40 minutes. And I think that's the piece that we're missing with this whole mental health thing is like, yeah. We we should go to therapy and we should have peer support and we should do all these other things. But we need to give our members some options when that doesn't work anymore. And the options right now are to go and get shit faced after shift. Right. Like what else do you got? You can't use anything else or you can use SSRIs, which barely work for most people. They work for some, but for a very small amount of people. So ketamine, um, MDMA, and these are these drugs are all used in the in the right way, with a trained professional, and you know, and including talk therapy. So it's like you have to have it all. But we need to start getting some protocols in place where if things aren't working for you, we got to give you another avenue. We just had a guy on the podcast that it's coming out this week and they've done studies with ketamine where you have a 80% reduction in suicidal ideation after one treatment of ketamine. So uh, it clearly works. MDMA is another one that, uh, that should be getting approved. Um, they just had a big MAPS conference and that should be getting approved to, to help out with that. So all of these other chemicals are a bottom-up approach to mental health. So you need to have both right like you have to be able to give all this stuff vocabulary with with talk therapy but we also need to give our members an opportunity to kind of like reset themselves and not make it such like a scary thing you know like like i told our our new recruits that are coming out it's not like if you're going to get ptsd it's more of when you're going to get it and i think they're actually in a way tougher spot than we are because if you or I go through a situation like this, they'll be like, man, that guy's seen a lot. But this could be their first shift. Yeah. Maybe they've never seen a dead person before. Whereas we're like, yeah, it's kind of whatever it is. That's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to that person. And what do we do? We shit on them because they're sad because their trauma trophy isn't as big as ours is. Like, that's not right. So I told them, I'm like, this might not happen to you. This might never happen to you, but I guarantee it's going to happen to someone you know. And don't think that just because you got knocked out of a fight that you can't get back up. It goes back to the whole baseline thing. Life isn't always going to be up here. But if you know this is possible and you get knocked down, now you know where you need to get back up to it's like i said everything it all comes together man so yeah i think the the mental toughness portion super simple find what sucks do it till it doesn't and then re- rinse and repeat the mental health part of that mental fitness is that's a trickier trickier topic because it's part of the job we signed up for it you know like it's our it's our duty to take on the ills of the world what we raised our hand for, but we could be doing a better job of making sure that we are allowing our members to leave the fire service just a little bit worse than they came in instead of horrifically broken for the rest of their careers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was a long answer. No, dude, (laughs) super educational. I, I
0: thanks for sharing that. I mean seven months ago that's that's fresh man uh, and sharing that story really thank you for that that's
1: you know when you feel like a fraud it's just your ego sure yeah and that's what that's what it was for me right like uh, I put too much stock into what other people you know think about you you know like you run a podcast you want people to like you you want people to like your show sure yeah yeah, and there's
0: pressure okay. that comes with being living up to that. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yep.
1: All right. Do your kids know you have a podcast?
0: Uh, I mean, they don't really know what it
1: is. They're too young now, but okay, you know what who, I mean? Who love, who loves you more than your kids? Fucking nobody. Nobody. Nobody, dude. Nobody. Yeah. So, like, the most important people in the world, they don't give a shit. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Anything else that's going on. And so to me, that was like a kind of an aha moment of dude, get out of it. No one cares, man. Yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't kill my passion for all this stuff. Like it doesn't kill my passion to, to do everything that I'm doing, but it did give me a bit of a reality check that, man, this, this shit just does not matter, dude. Yeah. Like what they think matters. What my wife thinks of me matters. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, like if I, If I start slipping and my friends come to me, you know, if Paco came to me and was like, hey, man, starting to get a little soft around the waist, you know, like I haven't seen you train like, yeah, I'm going to take that into consideration. Be Like, yeah, you're right, man. I'm going to I'm going to get right. But that like global view of like, what does the fire service or like What does my department think of me? I I just don't care, man. I don't. I value some people's opinion, but. Um, at the end of the day, <laughs> it just really doesn't matter. Yeah, I, dude. It's I was like, what do you think about yourself? Yeah, that was the craziest thing I think. So, I uh, I think my wife seen me cry like three times. Okay, and so that day when I got out of my truck, uh, I just totally broke down, right? And like I went into the bathroom, turned the shower on, so she couldn't hear me, and. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, if this was your son, because I'm like, dude, I am such a pussy. Like, I am so weak. Like, I was going through this whole thing, and I'm like, if, if your son was in this position, in the bathroom with the shower on, crying, what would you tell him? What would you tell him? Would you tell him he's a pussy? Never. Would you tell him that, would you tell him that he's a fraud? Would you tell him that, you know, he's weak? No. You'd hold them and say everything's gonna be okay. But we don't have it in us, and I think it's a, in, in our line of work to talk to ourselves the way we would talk to someone we loved. And that's crazy. And so now I think like finding those ways that we can have that self talk, like talk to talk to ourselves the way we would talk to our best friends. That to me is like my new goal because I used to use like self hatred as fuel and like that is very unhealthy <laughs> that is a super unhealthy way to go yeah because when you find, when you find yourself in a vulnerable position you're going to go back to your default which is you're a piece of shit like why you so why are you so weak and that used to be my motivator and now it's not anymore which I think was like the best thing that came out of all this. Yeah. So another long winded answer. See, once you get me going, dude, it's hard to, it's hard to shut. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Stop. <laughs> those,
0: those, answers be a, those answers can be as long-winded as they need to be. I, it's stuff So so personally, I've never heard anyone really talk about it in this way before. You know what I mean? Like, So I'm I'm just a guy in the crowd for this in the same way, but like, um, hearing you say things, and I, I can think and, and, and draw parallels to my own life, and my own journey through mental fitness and, and, you know, the ups and downs that come with this career and with life in general, and the, the self-talk is a huge one, right? And that's something you you have control over. Positive self-talk is something that you, you theoretically, you have control over that, and you can you can make that shift. One of the things that made me laugh, you talk about our kids, and I always think of it, and I'm, I don't remember the exact quote, but uh, Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, right, yeah. He talks about uh, his daughters, and yeah, they got to grow up in a different lifestyle. But I can't remember the exact quote. Maybe I'll find it one of these days. But basically, it's like my daughters couldn't care any less that I'm in the Foo Fighters, and like it's it's yeah. kind of the similarity with that. Like your kids couldn't care any less that you're doing any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like
1: that's... I mean, he thinks it's cool. I'm Ironman, but he's like. Does he honestly care that I can throw a thirty-five? Like, no. Yeah. He didn't care. Does he honestly care that I can, you know, do the do some of the stuff? No, he didn't care.
0: I never. Like, I'm I'm a second gen, and I never remember any of that stuff with my dad ever. I never was wondering how how good my dad was at the job. It just that's not the way that a kid is with their with their with their parent, especially doing a job like this. Like. For me, it was rollerblading your, on the bay, bay floor. Like, it was not you know. Hanging out at the firehouse. Yeah, it was never. Go I'm ahead, I'm curious sorry.
1: to know your what your dad would say about our generation uh, in the fire service now taking mental health into account when clearly it was needed when he was a fireman. So he's acknowledged it. And we don't – the one, the one time I've
0: really heard him kind of talk about it, and I've only seen my dad cry a handful of times in my life. One was kidney stones, so that doesn't count. And then, Ooh, yeah, it does. <laughs> well, I, you know what I mean. It does count. I shouldn't say that. It does count. But uh, he he gave a toast at my wedding, and he basically – he he my dad never writes speeches, and it, it's out there. My dad's a chief, so whatever. So he does do speeches. That's kind of on his things, and he never writes them. He just kind of goes off the cuff and in my in my wedding he talked about some of that and and he was half joking but he's half serious about like managing your emotions and he goes now i watch coco and i cry like a baby he goes for 20 something years i never cried i never i bottled everything and he goes now i watch a kids movie and in 3 seconds i'm crying and and it's true like i've noticed that as my dad's getting closer to the end of his career he's not like you know rolling around on the ground crying all the time but he, but he is much more in touch I think with that with that side of it I think he learned that probably from our generation coming in and and that becoming a, a more regular thing and you either get on the train or you don't I, I, maybe he has I don't know we've never talked about that stuff but
1: I think that that we have to strike a balance though because this is not a soft job and so to think that you know, it, you're gonna go into the firehouse and sing Kumbaya every day. Like that ain't it? You need to have that dark humor. You need to have that fire table. You know, toughness. It's got to happen. Yeah. And so we can't lose that. We can't lose that ability to to say dark things because that is part of our coping mechanism. But we also can't completely like forget about the fact that we need to make sure that we can heal what we have going on so we can go out on that next call. And so I think some departments are going way too far in the other direction and they're not allowing that dark humor. They're not allowing that. Even the way that you build your firehouse and you're creating these separations, like that's your tribe. You need that. You need to be able to say wild shit and not try and censor that. The other half of that is like we need to be better to, to ourselves and to our crews.
0: Yeah, uh, my dad's retired deputy here, uh, Chief Leiding, says that, that he never judged. My dad never really judges anyone. Takes everyone and makes his own opinions. So uh, I, I, I guess, yeah, I, maybe over time that's changed and he's figured that out. But yeah, maybe that'd be a fun fun thing for me to. Talk to him about, just out of curiosity, about that that, that shift between two different generations. Um, you know, I, I will say my, my, and I know now I'm, I'm wiser and I know that someday it will happen. And I'm trying, you know, you try to think of ways to not prevent it, but at least be prepared for it. I used to get feel guilty that I didn't feel bad. That was my biggest thing when I first started in the career was like they, they would put me, uh, when I started to volunteer and then we started kind of getting into the ambulance stuff and they would put me with guys my age that hadn't experienced stuff at that point. I was fortunate enough where I got you know hired part-time young and unfortunate because I saw a lot of stuff really young. So then by the time I was 23 or 24 years old, like the guys who were hiring the same age to me and saw nothing and they would put me on, you know, after full rest or something with these guys and I had no idea that that was why and then i started to hit like man am i a dick cuz i don't feel bad am i fucked no. up and and, and no. i remember it spiraled one day and whatever if we're dumping our purses and there's your dark humor but like my wife her friend came over this before we got married and they went out and i don't know they just went and did something together like uh, like a girl date and i'm in the apartment by myself and out of nowhere just thunderclap Total, just guilt of everything, started crying and like freaking out. And I, I was by myself. Luckily, I had my dog, who like right, right away came and he was right there. And he's not like a therapy dog or anything; he's just a household dog. But he saw it.
1: Every dog, every dog's a therapy dog. You're right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and but from then, I, I I called my I think I called my dad either shortly after or maybe during it, and we had a, a halfway decent talk about that whole. Hey, am I fucked up? Because I'm not fucked up. And he reassured me that, hey, that's OK. You're all right. You'll figure it out. Like maybe one day you won't be OK. And yeah, there's been calls that I wasn't as OK. Even And there's been well, calls where little things have made me not OK.
1: So it, it, this isn't a one size fits all. You know, like it's it has to be personalized. And like for someone to feel like, is this the right, quote unquote, right way to feel? <laughs> It's the right way for you. You know, like take Tom, for example. I've never seen Tom shook in my life and he's gone through wild stuff. And it's not like he feels like he's any less emotionally intelligent than anybody else. Or he doesn't look at me as weak because I went through what I went through. It's just like. Goes back to taking care of your people, man. Figure out how they tick, figure out what they need And treat them the way that that they have to be have to be treated like don't think that you have to come into this job and get fucked up it just happens for most of us yeah you know like i i know some uh we have a lot of military folks on our job and there are some people who are like "Uh, yeah man like i i left the military service and they were doing some what you would imagine you'd be doing in some of those areas and they're like yeah it just didn't just didn't bother me and like, I, that's cool, man. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Good for you. I, yeah. I hope that gains. So, no, I don't think you're a weirdo, man. I think yeah. you're a weirdo because of Star Wars, but not because of not because of the mental health stuff. That's fair. No, and I think I've come to
0: terms with that. But, yeah, I'm definitely a weirdo with Star Wars, so we can. <laughs> <laughs> There's another time I cried in my life. Disney World seeing the Millennium Falcon for the first time. You're welcome,
1: oh, Internet see? World yeah there it is and that's the clip you're gonna to use to promote this i thing.
0: should that should be right away i should jo- i should partner up with the star wars podcast it's <laughs> <That's laughs> awesome man good for you i i used to hide from that shit and like you were saying with everything else who fucking cares anymore be yourself be who you are There's lean in